Here's a few quick notes about the show. Southern Girl Crime Stories is a podcast focused mostly on lesser-known true crime cases, consisting of cold cases, soft cases, identified Jane and John Doe's, along with missing persons and murder victims. You can follow the show on social media, on Instagram at Southern Girl Crime Stories, on Twitter at SG Crime Stories, or search Facebook for Southern Girl Crime Stories. Please be sure to check out my YouTube channel for these stories along with photos of victims, suspects, locations of murders, and more. In December 1998, a driver pulled over on Bear Creek Road in Santa Cruz County, California, and noticed a blue tarp down a steep ravine. Upon investigating further, the driver found the deceased body of an adult male wrapped in the tarp. An autopsy would show that the victim's cause of death was due to blunt force trauma. While the man's identity remained unknown, three individuals were arrested and convicted for the murder. For the next 24 years, detectives continued their investigation into the identity of the man. Finally, in 2021, Santa Cruz Sheriff Coroner's Office decided to use forensic genetic genealogy and enlisted the help of Othram. A genealogist was able to narrow down the victim's identity to Eric Kupo, who was 22 years old at the time of his death. Eric was born in California and adopted into a family in Philadelphia. He later moved to Florida with his adoptive father. When he was 18, he moved back to Philadelphia to live with his adoptive mother. After that, Eric moved around the country, losing contact with his family. In 1998, Eric was back in California and trying to get rid of his 380 caliber handgun for $25 or a packet of drugs. That's when he met 25-year-old James Irwin Dotson and his girlfriend, 26-year-old Kimberly Lee Labore. The couple then lured Eric back to their abandoned house in Boulder Creek. They then bludgeoned and stabbed him to death and stole his gun. Dotson then went around asking friends to help dispose of the body. As Eric lay dying, the couple showed no empathy and instead made fun of him as he begged for help. He was never identified because those who knew him only knew him as Huck. Several people, including Dotson and Labor, were quickly arrested for the murder. They were also accused of murdering 58-year-old Gaylord Kelly Chakoti, a businessman from Watsonville, California. Two weeks after murdering Eric, they went to Kelly's home to rob him, and in the process, they beat and stabbed him to death. Dotson was ultimately sentenced to life in prison after pleading guilty to the murder charges. Labor was also sentenced to life, but has been eligible for parole since 2017, but remains in prison. A third accomplice, a 16-year-old who claims to have participated out of fear for his own life, pleaded no contest in exchange for a shorter sentence. As for Eric's family, they are grateful to have some answers and long-awaited closure. On June 20, 1984, two fishermen discovered a female's body along the south shore of the Spokane River near Spokane Falls Community College in Spokane, Washington. 
With no identification, she became known as Millie Doe and was found missing her feet, hands, and head. It was determined that Millie had been sexually assaulted and her killer went to great lengths to hide her identity. This led investigators to theorize that Millie likely knew her killer. On April 19, 1998, at 7 p.m., a local Spokane resident out walking her dog found a skull in a vacant lot at 7th Avenue and Sherman. Investigators initially thought the skull belonged to a victim of serial killer Robert Lee Yates, who was active in Spokane at the time. There was also the possibility that the skull was from the cemetery of the Sharon Temple Christian Methodist Episcopal Church that was originally on the lot. On March 9, 2000, the police released the reconstruction of the skull to different law enforcement agencies throughout the northwestern United States, and it was confirmed that the skull belonged to the torso that was found in 1984. Following this discovery, the torso was exhumed from Fairmont Cemetery in Spokane. Detective Don Geis and his fifth-grade daughter were transporting the skull to a forensic anthropologist and had to stop at a motel for the night. That's when Geis' daughter said, Since we have another person in the room, we should name her. Let's call her Millie. Since then, she has widely been referred to as Millie Doe. After obtaining Millie's DNA results, they were entered into multiple DNA databases, but there were no matches. In 2004, a woman from New South Wales came forward believing Millie could be her missing daughter. However, after testing her DNA, this possibility was ruled out. In 2006, tape found on Millie's arm was sent to the Washington State Patrol Crime Lab where it was tested for DNA. They were hoping that it would lead to the victim's killer, but it never did. In 2015, investigators received a tip that Millie could be a missing woman who disappeared from Blythe, California in 1980. The person was last seen in Earingburg, Arizona, with members of a biker gang, but once again, this turned out to be a dead end. In September 2021, samples from Millie's remains were sent to Othram for advanced DNA testing. With the help of a forensic genealogist, they were able to identify Millie Doe as Ruth Bell Waymire. Ruth was born on April 16, 1960, and graduated from Rogers High School in Spokane, Washington. Her parents divorced when she was a child, and she, her sister, and their mother moved in with a local family in Spokane. Sadly, her mother died shortly thereafter, and she and her sister eventually became estranged and never reestablished communication. Ruth lived a very transient lifestyle and was never reported missing. Her second marriage was to Trampas David Lee Vaughn, who was born in Iowa and served time in prison before meeting Ruth in Wenatchee, Washington. Vaughn died in California in 2017, and as of 2023, he is considered the prime suspect in his wife's murder. On January 3, 1979, a duck hunter discovered human remains entangled in fishing line on the tide flats near Spencer Island, just south of Marysville, Washington. Unfortunately, an autopsy could not determine the manner of death. 
With no way to identify the victim, his identity would go unknown for the next 44 years. In 2008, detectives with the Snohomish County Sheriff's Office began re-examining the case in hopes of identifying the victim. They wanted to exhume the body and obtain a DNA sample, but this would not occur until July 2015, seven years later. Once his remains were exhumed, he was transported to the medical examiner's office and given the name Spencer Allen Doe. Dental radiographs were then taken and uploaded into NCIC and NamUs in hopes of getting a dental match, but that would prove to be unsuccessful. In April 2016, the late Dr. Kathy Taylor, a Washington State forensic anthropologist at the King County Medical Examiner's Office, determined that the adult male was Caucasian, with a height between 5'2 and 5'6, and was between the ages of 27 and 61 years old. In September 2018, a sample of his right femur was sent off for DNA extraction and uploaded into the CODIS database, but once again, there were no matches. Finally, in 2021, they began collaborating with Othram, and an advanced DNA profile was created. A genetic genealogist then built a family tree and learned of a male who went missing in Everett, Washington in the late 1970s. The individual was named Gary Lee Haney, and after reaching out to his half-sister, they were able to positively confirm the match. Gary was born Gary Joseph Condomitti on September 23, 1950, in Topeka, Kansas. His parents, Joe and Bernice, divorced when he was young, and she remarried Sheldon Lee Haney. Gary would then take his stepfather's last name. Sheldon served in the Air Force, which led to Gary traveling across the country and living in multiple places. It was said that he loved the Beatles and played the piano. Gary's mother and biological father died when he was in his teens, and he continued living with Sheldon until sometime in the 1970s when Gary went missing. Sheldon then died in 1997, never knowing what happened to his stepson. As of 2023, how he ended up dead in the Snohomish River mudflats remains a mystery. On December 3, 2022, around 8.30 a.m., Atlanta Fire and Rescue responded to a house fire at 973 Bolton Road in northwest Atlanta, Georgia. The fire devastated the structure and required aggressive measures to extinguish. After the fire was extinguished, firefighters discovered two deceased individuals in the home. The Fulton County Medical Examiner's Office was then brought in to try and determine the victim's cause of death and their identities. The female victim was found with multiple stab wounds and a fatal wound to the neck. Investigators also found a charred and loaded 12-gauge shotgun. The male didn't have any wounds and instead died as a result of the fire. In order to identify the female victim, the medical examiner's office partnered with Othram Labs. After matching her DNA to a possible family member's DNA, the victim was identified as 85-year-old Lola Bell Thomas. Lola was born on May 28, 1937, and lived in the home with her nephew, Bobby Grubbs. It was then determined that Bobby was the second victim. At this time, it is unknown if Bobby is a suspect in Lola's murder, 
but as of 2023, this remains an open and active investigation. On June 11, 1984, skeletal human remains were discovered in a farm's pump house near Highway F in Lincoln County, Missouri. It was determined that the remains likely belonged to an adult male between the ages of 40 and 80 years old. He stood over six feet tall and was dressed in an expensive bill blast suit. His death was ruled a homicide, and an autopsy revealed that he died from a gunshot wound. Unfortunately, due to the victim having no ID and advanced decomposition, his identity would remain unknown for the next 38 years. In 2015, DNA samples were entered into CODIS, but no matches were found. Detectives then teamed up with anthropology students at Southeast Missouri State University. This team had already solved an unrelated 2006 cold case in Lincoln County. The group used non-destructive testing to build a genealogical profile. They then sent the data to Othram Labs, who was able to narrow the search to three possible relatives. After detectives took DNA samples from the relatives, they were positively able to identify the victim as 50-year-old Jack Langeneckert. Jack was a well-known real estate agent working in St. Louis. One day in 1982, he left for work and was never seen alive again. After his family reported him missing, his car was found a week later at the St. Louis airport. Investigators believe he was murdered around the time he went missing, meaning his body lay undiscovered for two years. As of 2023, Jack's murder remains unsolved and the case remains an open investigation. In November 2020, human female remains were discovered in a wooded area off Hood Road in Columbia, Tennessee. The victim was found with a cell phone, headphones, black loafers, and a red and black North Face jacket. Unfortunately, no cause of death could be determined, but anthropologists were able to give investigators a potential timeline. In November 2021, the sheriff's office began working with a private lab in Texas to obtain a DNA profile for genetic genealogy. The genealogist was able to produce a family tree, and on January 26, 2023, the remains were identified as belonging to Amanda Newcomb. Amanda was born on October 31, 1978, in Columbia, Tennessee. She was never reported missing, and all her activity on her main Facebook page seems to halt in April 2018. She does have multiple Facebook pages, and on February 8, 2018, she posted a very ominous message that read, This is bullshit. I'm done. Getting my stuff tonight, no matter what. I'm not a sack chasing that gives her kids away like the rest of the clan. There is very little known about Amanda and her cause of death, and as of 2023, this remains an open investigation. In 2023, a father and son were walking in the woods in Taylor Township, Pennsylvania, when they stumbled upon a skull. Canine cadaver dogs were then brought in to track down additional parts of the remains. 
After examining the remains and looking for certain medical characteristics and comparing x-rays, the coroner notified detectives that he had identified the remains as belonging to Christopher Story. 40-year-old Chris was last seen around 11 p.m. on August 11, 2013, at his home in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. He was last seen wearing a white t-shirt, khaki shorts, a dark ball cap, and black shoes. He left behind his wallet, phone charger, medication, and his house keys. Chris was known to walk with a limp after having surgical rods put in his spine. This also helped the coroner with the identification. During the last 10 years, searchers used dogs, drained lakes, combed woods, and even put up posters in an effort to track down Chris. But all those attempts were unsuccessful. Chris's father, Philip Story, says he will always remember his son as a wonderful man who was an outgoing, very friendly individual who always helped those in need. As of 2023, the investigation into the cause of Chris's death is still ongoing. On the morning of December 22, 1974, a hiker from Georgia vacationing in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, stumbled upon a body while taking a remote shortcut near Ober Mountain's aerial tramway. The remains were in an advanced stage of decay, lying face down on a coat that appeared to have been spread out so the woman could sit against a tree. Authorities tried to help identify the body, but were unsuccessful, and a cause of death could not be determined. In January 1975, letters were sent to area police agencies requesting assistance in identifying the Jane Doe, but still no identification was made. Investigators never stopped trying to identify her, and in 2007, a composite sketch was created. Investigators even tried a dental identification tool, but still could not determine her identity. In 2021, Gatlinburg Police Department sent the remains to Othram for forensic genetic genealogy testing. In 2022, almost 50 years later, a genetic genealogist was able to identify a potential relative in Arkansas. When questioned, the relative said she had a sister who had gone missing in 1974. After submitting a DNA sample, investigators were able to positively identify the remains as Charlotte Robert Henry of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Charlotte was born on January 4, 1939, and was last seen at her father's funeral in April of 1974. Her family received a letter from her in August of 1974 from 2124 Vinton, Memphis, Tennessee, 432 miles west of where she was found in Gatlinburg. This was their last communication, and they quickly reported her missing. As of 2023, the cause of her death remains a mystery. On November 28, 1982, a human skull was discovered by a hunter in a remote wooded area north of Newport, Washington. A search of the area turned up a pair of gold-filled opera glasses, a Revlon Rouge compact from the 1970s, and a small flashlight. Later, searches turned up a silver pill box with the letters UEX engraved on the handle. There were also several crochet hooks and a large crochet needle, along with a pair of manicure scissors. 
the FBI crime lab analyzed the skull and determined it might belong to a woman between the ages of 30 and 40 years old. They also determined that the remains could have been there for up to six years. In 1988, an anthropologist at Washington State University lab examined the remains and determined the skull likely belonged to a Caucasian female of Northern European descent. However, they still could not determine her identity, and she would remain unknown for the next 41 years. After her remains could not be identified, the skull was placed in a box and stored away. That is, until Undersheriff Mike Kress discovered it in 1999 and began investigating its origins. However, he didn't have much luck, and her identity remained unknown for another 18 years. In 2017, the skull was sent to the Washington State Forensic Anthropologist, and she determined it did belong to an adult female. The resulting information was then uploaded to NamUs and the CODIS database, but no matches were found. In 2022, Penned Orville Coroner's Office collaborated with Othram Labs, and by January 2023, they were able to obtain a suitable DNA sample. The sample was then uploaded to multiple genealogical databases, and a match was finally found. It was then announced that the remains belonged to 59-year-old Mildred Allison Huberts, who was reported missing in 1968 from St. Ignatius, Montana. Mildred was born in 1909 and was a skilled typist who enjoyed sports. She was very studious and enjoyed physics, the gym, and going to shows. Unfortunately, there is little information in this case, and as of 2023, the circumstances surrounding her disappearance and death remain unknown. On August 21, 1981, a partial human skull was discovered by private property owners outside of Sandy, Oregon, in Clackamas County. Investigators determined that the remains likely belonged to an older female. Five years earlier, on August 26, 1976, a woman by the name of Isla Wilkins disappeared from Bonnock's home for the aged. She was known to have memory problems when she disappeared, and investigators immediately thought the remains could belong to her. However, with nothing more than circumstantial evidence, the match could not be made with 100% certainty. In 2010, Oregon State Forensic Anthropologist Dr. Nikki Vance submitted a sample from the file to the University of North Texas Center for Human Identification and entered the profile into the NamUs database. Once a DNA profile was created, it was uploaded to CODIS, but returned no matches. In July 2022, the Oregon State Medical Examiner's Office submitted the skeletal remains to Othram for advanced DNA testing. The genetic genealogy research performed on the DNA profile showed that the remains were likely Isla Wilkins. Detectives then reached out to her grandchildren, who provided a DNA sample in hopes of finally solving the mystery. On April 4, 2023, the remains were positively identified as Isla Ella Wilkins, who was born on July 30, 1887. Thanks for joining me today on Southern Girl Crime Stories. 
please be sure to check out my YouTube channel for these stories, along with photos of victims, suspects, location of murders, and more. As always, your support is very much appreciated, and I look forward to seeing y'all next time.